Welcome to the Play Your Way Podcast. I am your host, Brian Miller. And I am your other host, Ethan Mace. And today is episode 22, trailing behind episode 21, the Nintendo DS retrospective series. Today we're going to be talking about DS shovelware. But before we get into that, make sure to follow us on Twitter at PYW Podcast, Instagram at the PYW Podcast, and Twitch at Playing Your Way on One Word. DS shovelware. <laughs> shovelware yes. in general. What a fascinating concept. It is. And I mean, we had a ton of fun. If you listen to it, we had a ton <laughs> of fun uh, going down some rabbit holes about these kind of games. So we thought, hey, why not just do the next episode? Uh, we teased it a little bit, but why not just yeah. go ahead and do the next episode where we kind of focus in on that stuff and see if we can have a little bit more fun. Yes, definitely. It's going to be a fun one for sure. Um, and to kind of recap, the DS was... Um, a revolutionizing console sold very well the actually second best-selling video game console of all time at 154 million sales released in november of 2004 for the north american release date and had little over 1200 north american games released now i am very curious and i know there's a statistic out there and i can't remember it but what did the percentage of shovelware on the DS is those games. You know, what percentage of the entire DS library is shovelware? There's a statistic out there, and I don't know how easy it would be to find it, but it's kind of scary how big that percentage actually is. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it's it's some absurd number that's going to, like, make me lose my mind or something <laughs> when I see it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I know I harked on it last week, man. 2004 still feels just so weird to say yeah. that this console came out then. Definitely. Yeah. So just so we're on the same page here, I've got a definition of what shovelware, shovelware is um, straight from the greatest source ever, Wikipedia. Uh, yes. This is the definition of shovelware. There, quote, shovelware is a term for software bundles noted more for the quantity of what is included rather than for the quality or usefulness. The metaphor implies that the creator showed little care for the quality of the original software. Low budget, poor quality games released in the hopes of being purchased by unsuspecting customers are often referred to as shovelware. Yes, yeah, that... Sounds about right from the from the few shovelware games that uh, that I've played. That definitely seems to fit the description of them. Now, speaking of those games that you played, you know, as I mentioned in the previous episode, I had a black DS Lite growing up. Love that thing. But kudos to me, in a sense, I didn't own any shovelware games. I literally did it. Now, that's not saying much because I had like what two games and it was Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. So it was <laughs> there was no room for shovelware in my catalog. <laughs> but um yeah, well, I didn't I well, don't really have an experience with it. You might be able to argue some of those Yu-Gi-Oh games might have been shovelware. That's a very high possibility actually. I, <laughs> I definitely understand where you're coming from on that. I, I I'm not gonna argue that one. Did did any of them have dungeon dice monsters in them? Nope. Then they were all shovelware. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You heard it here, folks. For me, yeah, I played a lot of the DS and I had a lot of variety on it. Mm -hmm. So I would say I played, or I probably played a good amount. Now, I have a few games here that I went ahead and pulled out of my old ones just that kind of stand out of shovelware. Yeah. Uh, any Sonic game. <laughs> I'm kidding. Please don't get mad. Um <laughs> Uh, the main one that sticks out to me that I played and beat, but even at the time when I and when I was a kid, dude, I thought every game was like good. You know, I had no taste at all. 
And at the time, I was like, this game is actual garbage, but I kept playing it for some reason. It was uh, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Tipped in Trouble. Now, what did you actually do in that game? You So you, you play as Zack and you play as Cody, and they're like... They're like side scrolling games and like yeah, and I like one of them has like I think Cody had like a like a vacuum cleaner that you could use <laughs> to like to like navigate the levels and stuff. And I think I think Cody had like a skateboard or something. I don't remember. It's been years since I played it. Uh shame on me for not doing that research before the episode, <laughs> but I really didn't want to play that game again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean you just like I think like Cody could like hover over water with like the vacuum cleaner by like propelling air out and stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was just a whole bunch of weird stuff. You know, it really wasn't that good. Now the other game yeah. that I had that was shovelware that I really, I was like, I, as soon as I played it and I put maybe like an hour into this one at most, as soon as I played it, I was like, no, this game is actual garbage was zoo tycoon ds what was bad about it it just was not fun <laughs> it just was not fun so are you creating your own zoo yeah and like zoo tycoon in general like it's a good concept but this game just like it just i remember like as a kid i was like this game just feels a little soulless you know like mm. there really isn't anything too much to it there, there it never felt like it was very rewarding to play the game that's sad unfortunately <laughs> yes that's very sad I know. All right. Well, speaking of all this shovelware, I, the first thing that really came to mind is this question of they're there. There's many times overabundance. No one really wants them. What is their importance? Are they important? What what if so? What is you know, what is the importance of shovelware? What what value do they have? I would love to hear your thoughts on it before I go into mine. <sighs> It's tough to say because, like, the shovelware games that I played, I just didn't enjoy right. that much. But there is, I think there is some inherent value to them, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's tough to kind of figure that one out, though, because, like, what what's the value in a game that, that what there wasn't much effort put into and they're, you know, like, it, it's just kind of there to, like, sell money and whatnot. I don't know. Uh, maybe you find a game that helps you quit smoking or something. That might be helpful. P.S. Check out episode 21 right now. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, check that out. So I'll say this. Now, I wasn't going to go in this deep into it, but when it comes to the value for personal experience, those crappy games could could mean the world to a kid right now. And, and 10 right. years later, when they look back and, oh, my gosh, this I game that. sucks <laughs> now as an adult, but I th- I have so many memories with Zook Tycoon. I, I loved it and this and that, and it could it could be true. Alan Carr's uh, smoking or yeah. stop, please stop smoking or whatever it was called. That was my favorite game as a kid. Saved my marriage. You know, <laughs> saved saved my marriage. Saved my marriage when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's there's that where it's like yeah they have no value no importance well. You know, it can mean something to someone and kind of going a bit further and kind of the points that I had in general, it's very easy to kind of dismiss and travel where, no, who wants to play those games? They don't have any importance, but let me take a step back. And I, I think they do. Many of them are geared towards children or casual players. Um, and they're great games to pick up as parents. Usually they're cheaper than, than the rest. They're, they're at a budget prices, um, retail and, you know, sometimes they bring inspiration and education to children or to casual players. 
something like a personal trainer walking DS, which again, we've decided to shovelware, but yeah. that's something, that's something good. It's inspiring you to, to kind of be healthy and live a healthy life. Imagine teacher DS that can inspire a child to become and want to be a teacher growing up. Imagine cheerleader, same thing. Learn math for grades one through four as a DS title that we consider shovelware. <laughs> sounds awful. I hate math, but it could actually genuinely help a kid learn math because it's interactive. You know, it, it, it is. But every time I read that, dude, I just I just <laughs> die. I just start laughing. I'm like what a what a what a title for a game. <sighs> hey, straight to the point. <laughs> Tommy, we need a title for this game. What do we call it? Or what's the game about? Uh, I don't know. It's about math or something. Well, like, are we covering any curriculum or anything? <laughs> yeah, it covers grades one through four. Okay, well, we'll just call it Learn Math for yes. grades one through four. And yeah, just publish. Funny enough, I just realized as we talked about this, many of these Shovelware titles are very, very straight to the point in their <laughs> title. So... <laughs> Yes, they are. <laughs> it's not like, you know, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, you know, or, or something in the Crystal Shard, like some vague, yeah. you know, crazy thing. It's, you know, you're going to learn math, but Bill, for grades one yeah. through four. Yeah, there's no Billy Hatcher here. No, in the giant egg. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to this point, too, many times the shovelware games are, they, they allow kids to kind of just be kids, you know, especially for something like the DS where the general audience is for children. It's a portable handheld um, console. You know, you've got games like Build-A-Bear Workshop DS. You've got games like Littlest Pet Shop, Playground DS, literally. You got the Sims spinoff. You got Pets. You got Sesame Street. You know, these are very kid-like games that we wouldn't really play as an adult, but it's it's one of those things, the innocence of, of being a kid and allowing to be able to play these games that you probably watch Sesame Street on the TV, that you're able to interact with it on the DS. Playground, right. you know, the playground is every kid's, you know, you know, they love the playground. Well, you have literally a video game titled Playground DS where you play on a playground. You know, it's, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just like, I just love it. What's this game? Like, what do we call this game? I don't know. You play on a playground or something. <laughs> playground DS. Which brings me to another point. Why they thought it necessary to tag every single title with DS. Now, given that many of these titles were probably on other yeah. consoles, I get. Right. And well, it's kind of I mean, like, you know, with like um, with the Wii, they kind of did this with the Wii too, um, Wii Sports and had the title of the console and the name. But it's just like many of these shovelware titles also have DS at the end of them as well. It, it worked for Zoo Tycoon because there are definitely multiple like releases right. of Zoo Tycoon. Uh, this is my challenge to you, listeners. <laughs> find me find me a version of Playground that was not on the DS. Facts. <laughs> it, 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 there may be, man. It's Who knows? Possible. But challenge that that's my challenge to you guys or even the yeah, build-a-bear workshop ds like it's very interesting and if uh, this imagine series where they have cheerleader teacher i think they oh, have like so many of culinary. those there's so many they might be on the wii they might be on other consoles but yeah they're very um very specific now after you ask the question is shovelware important the next logical thing uh you know to ask is why does shovelware exist? Why is there an overabundance of these low budget, poor quality yeah, games? And so, so I many tried to, yeah, there's so many of them. I tried to do my research. And so, where else would I go other than Reddit, right? The best place uh, to go. <laughs> now, 
you know, all jokes aside, there was actually some helpful points that some users did bring out that I would like to kind of read and quote here. Um, it's a Reddit column asking, uh, you know, why do Nintendo consoles have so much shovelware? And, and this is really in relation to the Wii, but the points, I believe, still apply to the DS for many reasons. And so let me, there are three users here. Let me just read them. Um, the first one basically said, you know, shovelware makers go where the development costs are cheap which makes sense again they bring the point of the development for the Wii and the DS were very cheap yeah. um and the user base is big the more users the bigger the number of uninformed and individuals as potential buyers now yes, fortunately more, more suckers yes yep you know you got the casual players you and also parents unfortunately yeah that I had a lot of like I had a lot of experience. There was like a lot of these shovelware games I ended up with. Like yeah. some of them, I saw them. I was like, I want those. But a lot of times, like I would get, I would get like not even for the DS, just in general, I would get some shovelware game from like from like a grandparent or a great grandparent who knew nothing about games. They were just yep. like, this is True. a game, and like, you know, Ethan likes this TV show, so like we'll do this, you know. And, and uh, it was just, it wasn't like a good game or anything, but it just always ended up like that was how I got the majority of them. Yeah, that, that makes sense though. You know, Christmas, birthday, you know, during those holidays, that's, that's where the abundance comes from. And they, they go to GameStop and they see, oh yeah, my kid likes Build-A-Bear. Yeah. <laughs> they like, they like pets. They like Sesame Street. Yeah, let's get it. So the next user uh, brings an even you know greater point here. Quote: A company could churn out cheap Wii games in a few months with a small team and make a decent profit of a low number of sales. AAA games can take big teams multiple years to produce, and low sales will basically kill the studio. Mm -hmm. Some companies did this intentionally, using the profits from the shovelware to subsidize the cost of the AAA titles. Just as movie stars often make a bunch of rubbish movies to fund their personal pet art movie. Well, yeah, you know, we discussed this earlier um, with The Sims. This was before the yep. episode. We were discussing whether, like, you know, Sims games can be considered shovelware or not. Well, yeah, uh, Sims apart, Sims Two Apartment Pets. That's absolutely a shovelware game, but I'm sure it's sold, and the sales from yep. that helps fund development on Sims Three or or whatever big name game for you know that team and whatnot. So yeah, that's right. definitely a very valid point there. For sure. For sure. And then, of course, the last user um, to kind of tie it all up, quote, Wii was very popular, mainly among the casual crowd, and the Wii was also easy and cheap to develop for, like we discussed, compared to the PS3 and Xbox 360, um, end quote. And, and that just goes to show, you know, yeah. again, it's mainly children playing the DS mainly, but that's the targeted audience. So you're going to see the overabundance of these child games that are shovelware. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just... Look, you, you put out the game to where your audience is going to be, you know? Yep. You're not going to, you're not going to put out like, I don't, I don't even want to know, like, like Genealogy, the Holy War for a bunch of little kids and expect right. them to, to want to play that. And some of them might, but the majority of them right. probably won't. Uh, they'd rather play uh, Build-A-Bear Workshops, uh, DS. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And especially with the Shovelware titles, they were often not they weren't the full 40 50 60 dollar prices they were definitely 20 15 10 which means that's that's to the parents eye yeah why wouldn't i get this my kid loves sesame street and it's ten dollars twenty dollars mm -hmm. okay sold yeah done and done <laughs> so uh, now all that being said you know yes there's an importance to it i do have my issues with shovelware 
Um, and I don't know if yes. you have any, but um, I would love to hear your thoughts too. But mine specifically, very simply, and one, I would love to dive in a little bit more. But first one, the overabundance of them. I mean, that is the first indicator of shovelware. When I go to the flea market, I go to yard sales, and I'm seeing this game every week with different <laughs> vendors in the bargain. Like, there's, they want to just give them to me just to get rid of them because they're just right. there's so many of them and no one wants them. You know, it kind of cut clutters and kind of, um, you know, I don't want to say devalues the console, but in a sense, I'll say I'll be upfront. When I think of the Wii, that's part of the reason why I don't really have fond attraction to for the Wii is because, man, there's not a whole lot of games that really stick out to me because all I can see and all I can think of when I go to a store, go to the flea market, go to yard sales, went to GameStop, look online, it's shovelware, shovelware shovelware yeah no i mean my biggest issue with it is just i don't like to play games that aren't good and these are usually <laughs> just not good you know like i, yeah. I don't want to waste my time with them and and sometimes it can get a little annoying uh you know shifting through yep. all the garbage to try to find you know something that is fun for sure and, and that's a good point i just yeah glossed over the fact that these usually aren't good games so why would i play them right um now this is a bit of a serious one, and this is one I like. It had a light bulb moment for me because I was like, "Wait, I'm I'm going to use the example of um, a game that just came out this past Friday, um, here in May 2021 was the Famicom Detective Club games on the Switch, were visual novels that were remade back from the NES 30 years later, um, long time, and they remade them now." As someone who's a physical collector, they did not have a physical release here in the U.S. They did right. for Japan. And obviously, you know, everyone says the reasoning is, oh, it's not going to sell well enough to have a physical release here in the in the U.S. And sure, that, that makes sense. I, I, I definitely get that. But then I, I realized, wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's hold up there. Because... I'm pretty sure these My Little Ponies and, and these pony simulators and these off-the-wall shovelware titles that actually get physical releases also do not sell well, but they still get a physical release. Sounds like you got a lot of uh, issues with horses here. <laughs> no, that's the only thing I can think of when it comes to like the Switch. I like I right. when it comes to shovelware, but but even yeah. so for the DS. Yeah, I mean. It's tough because even though they're not good, uh, like in their shovelware and whatnot, they're probably going to sell still, which is why they can justify their physical releases. In fact, if they didn't have physical releases, you know, how are the parents and the grandparents going to find these games to buy for their kids, you know? Right. And it, so, and, and there's a point to that, but also think, and we talked about like, usually these shovelware pieces, they, they, they're poor quality, low budget, and they take no time to actually make, and they just throw them, you know, and they come out physical. With a game like Famicom Detective Club, that is a full-on remake. Yeah, it's a visual novel, but there was some work that probably went into that game, some thought, some development. Um, right. To where it's like, come on, you know, like, make a physical release to kind of celebrate this game, you know, being recreated. Now... I will also say this, yeah, I wouldn't say that all shovelware, they, they will still sell. Like, 
I guarantee there's many shovelware pieces. Like these, we're going to talk about some off the wall shovelware pieces that were on the DS. But something like Electroplankton or even like Korg DS10, which is like a music creation game for synthesizers. That is such a niche and, and yes. off the wall. Like no one probably has even, I didn't even know these existed until I had to dig deep to find them on the internet. And they have physical releases. I mean, you know? the only, yeah, the only thing i knew about electroplane was the uh stage and smash and that's it like that's all if that wasn't right. there i would not know that this thing exists and even then knowing that that is there right. i have no clue what that game was even like before i looked it up right yeah so th- that's that's my biggest issue and and maybe i'm just salty because i want a physical release of famicom detective club but in the sense that the same the sentiment still remains there's many 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 games that still get physical releases and they don't sell well and but but maybe that's the difference maybe the intention was there was a plan for it to actually sell well even if it was a crappy title we thought yeah, oh, yeah we're, we're hitting the targeted audience here it's gonna meet some numbers but well, maybe yeah, it doesn't. I mean, well, no one ever makes a game with the intention of it not selling well you know right but yeah, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I mean, for me, like Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light finally got released in America with an with an English translation, yep. and there was a collector's edition with no physical copy of the game. It came with a download code, and I'm like, well, if you're gonna go that mile to <laughs> yep. to have a collector's edition for the game and celebrate 30 years of Fire Emblem and whatnot let's let's put an actual cartridge in that thing let's go the the mile like they they made the fake the fake replicate of the nes cartridge but they didn't put an actual switch cartridge because (laughs) it was just electronic only or digital only digital only yeah that's unfortunate but right you know and, and that's just speaking of the times obviously we're moving towards digital so that's to be expected but um but yeah that that's my only issues with shovelware they exist they're Listen, we're talking about the DS, but you look on the Switch catalog, there is the a same amount. There is a lot there. Um, I would, I'm actually kind of curious to see what the Switch has and kind of see it. These, you know, we're talking about like the Imagine Cheerleader and these, these, you know, pets and stuff. I bet you those same games are probably on the Switch. They've just been modernized, and I'm very curious to see how they've been contemporary, modernized, and updated to the Switch and what that looks like too. The issue is, because I've looked into this a little bit, the Nintendo Switch allows pretty much anything on their store, you know? And uh, and you look at it, like, if you just go to, like, whatever is on sale, you know? all Like, all you're ever going to see there. Like, you might see, like, some, like, first-party stuff occasionally, but there's only ever going to be, like, one of them. And all the rest of it is just shovelware in the on-sale yep. section. It's almost pointless to even look at that area of the of the eShop. Yep. Yeah, I did that actually a while back. Now, I will say there were some some interesting ones. Like, um, I saw Pod Racer. Um, the, mm-hmm. They ported um, Star Wars Pod Racer from the N64 over yep. to the Switch. <laughs> and that was actually on sale. I was looking through the sales center. I was like, okay, that's something I would actually... Get no, I mean, they yeah, I mean it, it's a solid game. I played it when it was originally on there, but yeah. I mean just think about it that way. Like the 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 biggest game in the on sale section yep. was a Nintendo 64 game. Yep, a port. Yeah, exactly, a port. Yeah. So, you know, moving on with this, shovelware topic is just very interesting, but let's end this episode off with some with some fun here. Um, let's do the it. whole reason what that sparked this episode was because of the fun we had last last episode with the off the wall titles that exist. So let's look at that. Okay, yeah. 
So the first thing that we have here is a game that I called bait. As soon as I yeah. saw the cover art of it, I am 100% convinced that this game was made like they just they just put the cover art on it to like trick horny people into buying it just to get like sales from that. This game is Feel the Magic XY slash XX. Uh, in Japan, it was called Project Rub. So again, mm. bait. It's all bait. <laughs> Um, it was actually a launch game for the DS, believe it or not. Yep. And it was pretty much just mini games from what, you know, we can gather of it. You know, one yep. of them removing a goldfish out of a man's stomach. Um, another one is you got a girl who falls in the mud and you have to rub the mud off her. Uh, kind of weird, you know, yeah, but very. again, like I called this game bait. I stand by it. This game is a hundred percent bait. <laughs> It's it's weird because and I have here it's very similar to WarioWare, which it's just not marketed that way from the cover. <laughs> not, not in the sli- not in the slightest. It is it's uh, not at all. Again, they they knew what they were doing, and, and you know, hats off for knowing what you're doing. But you knew what you were doing. <laughs> um, and I think this actually didn't sell that badly either. I think it had some decent amount of sales. Too. I didn't say it was bad bait. I just said it was bait. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Now. The next one here is an interesting one that I came across. Now, it was a Japan exclusive made by EA, actually. Interesting. But Bartender DS. This one actually sounds somewhat intriguing. It, it has a very mature cover art, which, as you would expect, but oh, was it was definitely bait? banned. It was banned everywhere else due to alcohol references. So it remained a Japan exclusive. But I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're getting a bartender simulator? Okay. Not reaching to the children audience at that point. No, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the point of this one to tell you the truth. Like, <laughs> maybe you learn how to make cocktails. This one could not have sold well. It just couldn't have. It was Japan yeah. exclusive, and and like you got you got a literal like mixed drink on the cover, like a cocktail yeah. of some kind. Like yeah. this one might, you know, I said games aren't made with the intention of not selling. This one might've been made with the intention of not selling, <laughs> which is very un EA of it, but I, I don't, I, I can't see anything else from this. That was the biggest surprise to me that it was actually made by EA, but yeah. 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 That's, this is a like developed, published and everything. It's not like yeah. some small studio developed it. No, that was in house. That doesn't make any sense to me. That is wild. (laughs) So the next one we have here is one that I actually came across last week when we were recording the retrospective episode for the DS, and that's a Wappy Dog, um, which... Oh, gosh. You want to talk about off the wall. So you you have your Sims, you have your pets, which is pets. You have your Nintendogs and stuff, which you're, you're simulating. Yeah, it's virtual, but you're simulating a real pet in the virtual environment now <laughs> this one just dismissed that and we're gonna go in the virtual environment so that you can raise a robot dog okay so you have a picture here in in your outline yep. is that it so that is a real world version of the dog like you you interact with the dog in the game and then it does stuff in the real world too that i don't know i just know that they have a bundled edition with a physical instead of a plushie it is a plastic robot wappy dog that came with the game this was does like kind of like chibi robo move? with the amiibo that i don't know um it would kind of make sense if it did it, it i would like hope so one. i would hope it at least makes noises but is it like yeah. that one like toy robot dog they used to sell do you remember that one 
I ha- what it was called. As soon as I saw this, I, my mind went straight to that white and black dog I used to have as a kid. No, yeah, this thing I think actually works. Like, there's images of it. Like, the lights are on on the dog and stuff. Like, yeah, respect. It should. It should I work. I think it's got, like, wheels on the feet or something. Huh. I think that I think that thing actually moves. That's so off the that, wall. That's such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, res- respect, respect. That's all Look, I can again, say. I'll never knock somebody for for making money the way they know how to make money. Exactly. Exactly. So we got electroplankton here next. Now, I think a lot of people are probably going to be confused by this cuz it's you know like Nintendo first party, you know, like is that really shovelware and it's open to interpretation i would say but i mean you kind of just look at the game and and the whole game is manipulating plankton to make music right literally it's it's literal plankton um in their environments and you yeah you develop hypnotic or soothing melodies by controlling the electroplankton or their environment or both um, and you can also use the DS microphone to record real-time audio to a series of rhythm tracks. That is, that's a game, you know. Like, I get like there, there might be somebody out there who really loves electroplankton, you know. But I mean, I, they, someone likes it enough to include it in Smash, which I was very surprised about. Hey, look, uh, Sakurai was a huge electroplankton fan. Everybody knows this, <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, this is a. Uh, I keep saying it. This is a game. You know, it exists. It's out there. I, I don't know what to. I don't really know what to say about this. You just have to appreciate its existence and just move on. Sure, and and you know what? That's what we will do. We'll go ahead and move on to uh, Korg DS Ten. Is that what it's called? Yep. It's a music creation game for synthesizers. Now, Brian, you're more involved in music than I am. Do you understand yeah. this a little bit more? I understand it in, in a slightly because I'm just amazed that they, they went this route. I, I forget sometimes that, and this is something I've learned recently, especially with um with the Analog Pocket, which is um, it's a third-party remake of the Game Boy. Uh, I forgot the actual, like, technology that's inside fpga or something like that it's it's like an emulating kind of software anyways it's a it's a new console they came up with but you can actually make music with it as well there's software and i i forget that there's a lot of these consoles has software or games that you plug in something or or whatever the case is and you can actually make music and just like the electroplankton where you can use the ds microphone to record real-time audio to rhythm tracks my guess is people probably actually use this for music and and maybe even made good music with just being creative and thinking outside the box. Now, I don't know if this Korg DS-10 was something actual musicians used to make or if it was just, hey, we're just going to make a game with synthesizers. You're just going to play around with it and think of it. I th- I would like to think there was a purpose behind it to where you could actually utilize some of this stuff, but I don't really know. I mean, again, I'm not really involved in music all that much, so I would have no clue, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a of a legitimate yeah. use for this thing, you know, but I, that might just be more a lack of knowledge on my part than anything. Sure. Now it's one of those things where I respect that it exists. It's pretty cool to come across. <laughs> We're going to leave it there. We're yeah. going to leave it there. Now always respect that it exists. 
moving on to number six, we, we have 11 off the wash <sighs> overwear titles here for the DS. Now, okay, I, I understand Imagine Cheerleader, sure. I imagine teacher DS sure you know mm-hmm. you you know you get these for the kids kind of inspire them to you know act as in the role of being a teacher in the role of being a, a a chef or a cheerleader but this one's kind of going a little too far to me <laughs> you've got imagine sweet 16 DS yeah why <laughs> So looking at this here, pretty much you play as a young girl who's about to turn 16 and just joined a new high school. Oh, so it's like an RPG. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're, we're in here. Um, you build, <laughs> you get virtual sure. friends and you boost your popularity by throwing awesome parties for classmates. So just like real life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, but it's odd because. Sweet 16, you're the one that's technically supposed to be having a party thrown for you, so it's odd that you have to build your popularity by throwing. Maybe you're, you're gonna, throwing Sweet 16 for your friends. What if it's like, what if like it's some really dark world where like oh you have gosh. to, yeah, you have to do it for yourself. There's no one else forward to do it. You know what? I, I've thought of a scenario for, for who would play this game and why they would play this game. Okay. okay? All right. So follow me here. Yep. Put yourself in the feet of like a 15 year old girl. Okay. And you're going to turn okay, 16 okay. next year. I don't, stick with me here. <laughs> stick with me here, okay? You're going to turn 16 next year, all right? Yep. And, like, you just joined a new high school, just like in the game. And you want to know what it's yeah. going to be like when you turn 16, when you have your sweet 16. So you mm. buy this game to get prepared for that. Hold on. Let me go on eBay. I need to make a purchase real quick. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Um, I hey, I do respect that, the RPG esque aspect to it, where you do go around it, and you're, you you know you have a friendship, you're building the friendship, you're actually doing stuff. Because I thought it was like literally like like you create a wedding, or like like it's a, like a house designer, but a, a party designer kind of thing. So there's there's something actually to there. But we're gonna move on to something else. Yeah. Uh, titled Astrology DS. <laughs> Okay, um, I I don't know what to to make of this. You know, it, this one is I don't know what to make of this either because I don't believe in astrology and I don't believe in in the the different signs and the zodiacs and horoscopes. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but hey, for those who do, you better buy this game because it combines astrological astrological theory with <laughs> unique gaming elements. Astrology DS, and this is straight from the game's description. Astrology DS is the definitive tool for all who care about their future. <laughs> Guess I don't care about my future. Featuring daily horoscopes, a romantic partner compatibility matrix, and a zodiac sign learning academy definitive edition. I want you to to plug you and your wife's information into this game i want to see how compatible you guys are according to this game Ooh, that would be fun just to do and then scary if like something bad happens <laughs> well you don't believe in it so it doesn't matter exactly exactly well does, does she believe in this stuff no okay yeah so you're good then we're good we're good but i would be curious to see what it says yeah i mean i don't know why you 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 spend I mean, I, I hope this wasn't like a full release, you know, like $40 or anything, but let's just say hypothetically it was, and uh, <laughs> you, you spend $40 on it and you use it every day for the rest of your life. So you get a horoscope. Oh, the goal is to get a horoscope. 
I mean, I mean, you I check your, you you check your horoscope every day if you're if you're big into astrology. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I just have my. I just have such a lack of knowledge to to know. I, I thought the. I thought it was kind of like the Chinese calendar where like, okay, what month and day were you born? Oh, you're a tiger spirit yeah, but you, animal. But you or get a new. Like yeah, but you get a new horoscope every day. And it's usually very vague, so that it fits whatever happens. And then, and like, see, You're look, it was right today. I breathe there, so yeah. No, like, it, it's yeah, it, it's it's kind of like that, at least from okay. my limited experiences with okay. it. Um, gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it it definitely seems like something you're designed to use every day. But in real, in probably real life practice, you probably bought it and then used it the first day and never touched it again. Sounds about right. So the next thing we have on here, uh, this one sounds like a gym to me. Uh, let's play Flight Attendant DS. So, you, you know, like Flight Simulator and whatnot? That's cool and all. You get to fly the plane. But what if you got to be an attendant on the plane instead? I'll be completely honest here. I'm very surprised this is not a Sim spinoff. Straight up. <laughs> Straight Sim, up. Sim, Sim's Flight Attendant. Yes. Yeah. Um. Hey, look, EA might hit you with a cease and desist soon. You, uh, <laughs> you might want to be careful and don't step on too many toes. Okay. I, hey, walking backwards. Walking backwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, like the funny, funny enough, I couldn't find a actual like flight simulator because this is kind of like kid like like if you look at the cover art it's, it's very like geared towards kids i didn't see one for like a pilot simulator like you know nope. i mean there's microsoft flight simulator but that's the only one i know yeah that but it's then it's not geared towards like children right. like if you look at the cover art, this is like okay i'm gonna buy my kid this but there's not like a, a pilot one like we're just gonna we're not gonna make a pilot or, or a captain one. we're gonna make a flight attendant one instead the, that'll be the, the definitive the DS made a, a very firm stance in saying that children can be flight attendants, but they cannot be pilots. And that is a very okay. interesting stance to take. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But they can be bartenders, though. They also well, can be bartenders. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. If they can be bartenders and they're old enough to do that, you know, let's give our kid number nine here, Dreamer Series Babysitter, where your child can learn all the responsibilities of a babysitter while they're getting babysat. Their babysitter is going to hand them this game so that they can learn all about babysitting and become the best one in the world, 11 mini games like feeding the baby, changing diapers, and putting your infant to bed. You just created Babysitter Inception there. <laughs> Why? I just asked why this one is created. I, I'll say this. I think we got to stop comparing all these games to each other. We might end up in trouble if we keep doing <laughs> that. Like, yeah, this doesn't make... This doesn't make... Why? Who? I mean, I, I can't say who wants this because clearly there's somebody out there who wants this. <laughs> right. Um, but, like, what? This, like... I, I challenge. I want to know what the sales were for this one. And obviously we can't find it because... Sales probably weren't that good, but like, like who made this and was like, this is going to sell so much. All these kids, they finally, oh, I get it now. I get it now. This okay. game was made to sell to kids who like had like power trip fantasies. They were like, my babysitter controls everything. Now I get to have the power because I am the babysitter. Mind blown. <laughs> That's 
the last piece of the puzzle. That's it. Wow. That's the one. Wow. Okay. There we go. Yep. Done. Uh, the next thing that we have here is, yeah, okay, sure. Driver's Ed Portable <laughs> DS. You want to know how to drive? Well, this DS game will teach you. Now, I will say this. I, I and, and the, the very last one that we have here also kind of makes sense in a sense. But, you know, back when you're a kid, you're, you're 14, you're about to turn 15. You, the, the thing that's on your mind is, I'm about to get my license, my permit. Now there's hoops that I have to go through, but this is an exciting time. So, <laughs> I draw this one back to uh, to Sweet Sixteen uh, Simulator or whatever. Okay, again, you're you're coming up on it. You you want to get some experience. You want to know what it's gonna be like. Driver's okay. Ed Portable, <laughs> because Driver's Ed in class wasn't boring enough. Now you play it in your time. And, and well, in all seriousness, that also kind of makes me makes me wonder why they actually made these and it kind of these like very mundane and like this is like real life like you know learn math for grades one to four no one wants to get a textbook out or or, you know and and learn that but if i have it on my console that i also play pokemon on that i can also learn math on it spices some things up but i'd rather just play pokemon (laughs) well yeah but your parent says you don't have a choice and you're gonna play 30 minutes of this learn math for grades one through four so you can pass your test little jimmy I love I love the idea of this kid doing he's playing math grades one through four and also driver's ed portable <laughs> and also and also getting prepared for his uh for his sweet sixteen. And guess what? He doesn't own Pokemon because that's for the devil. Yeah, but but he did sneak bartender DS past. <laughs> yeah, his cool uncle got it for him. <laughs> Dude, this kid, this kid's the best. <laughs> and and, Unf- and <laughs> unfortunately, he grew up, and he loved Driver's Ed so much. He was like, "Wait, I, I'm about to take the SATs. I'm going into college, so I'm going to buy my SAT coach the Princeton Review DS, the final game for the collection." <laughs> I, I, you, I want there to be an experiment somewhere where they, uh, where like they just take somebody like. Like as soon as they're born, and they raise them strictly on DS shovelware, <laughs> just to see if you can have a functioning like human being off of DS shovelware. <laughs> You're gonna find it very socially awkward. Well, that's what the bartending's for. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna live his or her life only through virtual reality and cannot have a real pet, cannot make a real drink, cannot make real music, cannot <laughs> be on a real plane, and cannot actually drive a real car. That's the thing. Like, I want them, like, like up to 18. They have to learn everything <laughs> through DS shovelware, okay? <laughs> and then you just put them in the world and see, like, like how, how well they do. I'm curious. I want to know. Well, It'll never happen, but I really want to know. I know they'll at least be able to drive a car and go to college. Hey. Well, <laughs> well we think they will. Okay. We think they will. This will. Again, as soon as they hit 18, they go out into the real world and they take all this applied knowledge and, and, and apply it to the real world. Well, I will say this. We haven't even discussed the, um, the language learning games, which I actually do own, believe that it is, or not. That is true, yeah. They, have, they would have to learn. Like, no one would teach them like English or whatever language in their country. They'd have to learn it through the DS. Which, again, thankfully, there is 
my Spanish coach, my like, Chinese coach, my French coach. There, I think there's even my English coach. Like those games exist. I actually own my Spanish coach on the PSP. It's not that good. It is a letdown, but the, it the exists. Cr- and yeah. the cruelest thing about this hypothetical experiment is that there's nobody to teach the kid how to use the actual DS. <laughs> they have to figure that one out on their own. It's called the manual. <laughs> they get to manual. I want to. I want to think there's a DS shovelware game that teaches people how to play the DS too. But we haven't even mentioned that. I mean, before we even recorded episode twenty one, I sent you the tweet of the the. Or it might have been even after actually the game that lets you have internet on your DS. It's the actual cartridge that well, no, puts well, internet this, on your. This DS. kid can't have that. They can only they they. <laughs> That's external health. You can't have external health. No. They can have the game. They can have the internet, but they cannot have the Wi-Fi password. Yes, there's no Wi-Fi password. <laughs> <laughs> it's locked Wi-Fi. They're like, how, how do I fix this? No, even worse, the Wi-Fi settings actually don't work with the Wi-Fi set. It's like WEP or WPA. It, 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 it's actually open Wi-Fi, but it's like, okay. it's like AOL dial-up, though. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> well that was our episode 22 nintendo yeah. ds shovelware you you know i i didn't have the god-given blessing of being able to grow up with these games ethan had a little bit you as a listener did you grow up with the shovelware <laughs> did you grow up with imagine teacher or sesame street or better yet build a bear mm. you know you love those build a bears yes. let us know what your thoughts on shovelware is are they important why do you think they are created what is considered trouble? What are some of those games that you might think is shovelware that no one else does and vice versa? What are some off-the-wall shovelware pieces we have for God? Let us know. Thanks for joining this week, and we'll see you next. Yeah, see ya.